Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership, to level up their business, and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I'm delighted to have David Agar, CEO and founder of Digital Ability Limited, that offers the world's most accessible and inclusive open banking technology to help society's most vulnerable people to manage their day-to-day finances. David is a highly experienced leader and CEO, specializing in creating value and scaling within disruptive technology sector businesses. We'll hear about David and how he's making change through this disruptive yet innovative technology. David, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. Yes, welcome uh, to you as well. And I'm doing really well. Thank you. David, um, you know, we're both located in the UK, but for the purposes of our audience, tell us where you're located. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm based in in the city of York, uh, which is in the north of England. Um, but uh, it's it's only about a two hour train ride into central London, so it's uh, it's pretty handy. Wonderful, David. This is this is a uh, you know an interesting episode for me because we know each other and we have interacted previously. But I'm keen to hear about your personal and professional journey, some of that intersection. Where did it all begin? And then we'll move on to some of the the things that you're focused on. So go go on, tell us a little bit more about your journey. <laughs> okay, well, um, I would call myself a, a tech sector entrepreneur, um, and I've been doing this for about thirty five years now. Can you believe that? Um, uh, so uh, <laughs> I started off in mo- in mobile communications, um, and then moved into IoT or the Internet of Things. Um, and then for the last seven years, I've I've been in the uh, very exciting space of, of fintech, financial technology. So, where so did, uh, yeah, where did it all begin? Well, it began uh, in, in mobile comms. Um, and uh, um, I, first of all, uh, I've had four businesses prior to my current one, um, two of my own and two for other investors. And um, I was leading this, uh, this young startup uh, in mobile comms. And um, that, that grew and grew and did really well. Um, and then after about five years, I decided that I wanted to um, to try it myself. So um, so I, I, I left and set up my own business, again in mobile comms, um, slightly different. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, that, uh, that then led me all over the world. So we had offices in the, uh, in the UK, in, in uh, York and London, and also in Germany and Dusseldorf, uh, and also in uh, in New York City. International. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these, these are some of the takeaways that I'm just bringing to the <laughs> forefront from what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, each of each of those episodes is, you know, you 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 win, you earn the rights to wear the t-shirt, hopefully. Uh, and you you gain a few battle scars and it's it's not always easy at the time but um for the next venture that you go into then you're thinking oh yeah that's why i learned how to do that yeah amazing david so now your focus is on the company you know you're building uh, what you're 
calling the world's most accessible and inclusive open banking technology. Tell us a little bit more about that and and all the wrappers around it. Yeah, sure. So um, this all came about um, because um, I'd, uh, I'd, I'm working for another investor and uh, we just launched in the fintech space um, a new mobile app. Um, and I realized after launching it that uh, in actual fact, we'd kind of automatically uh, excluded up to 20% of our tar target audience simply because we hadn't considered in the development stage um, the, uh, the, the, the rationale behind digital accessibility. And by digital accessibility, what I mean is that for people who may struggle to use um, digital solutions, so they could be people with disabilities. Um, so for example, um, a, a person uh, who is uh, dyslexic or autistic um, may struggle with reading a particular font um, or point size uh, to the point where they literally cannot use you know, a certain app. Um, and uh, and it was a kind of a double whammy for me as well because um, my my son is uh, dyslexic autistic, so uh, I was thinking, gosh, how on earth did I kind of miss that one? But you know, when you're in the middle of it and you're trying to get to market as, as quickly as possible, um, sometimes the most obvious things uh, are overlooked. So the more I looked into this, um, the more I realised that um, from a banking perspective. Um, there were literally millions of people in, in the UK and, and many, many more millions uh, throughout the world um, who uh, are either, you know, uh, unable to use existing banking apps or, or really struggle. And whilst traditionally um, people who don't use banking apps um, often fell upon um, branch banking as their go-to solution, um, the position over the last um, um, 10 years plus really has been that there's been a program pretty much globally of closing branch banking down uh, because the banks are looking to um, to reduce costs and increase their bottom line. But what this has uh, caused is um, a real squeeze point, um, as I said, for many millions of people. Um, and uh, this can lead to reduced independence, uh, increased frustration, mental health issues, um, and ultimately financial exclusion. So, and the, the, the crux of the, of, the, of the issue is that it is the, uh, on the shoulders, uh, the responsibility on the shoulders of the individual to come up with their, understand what their needs are, first of all, and then come up with their own solution, and then put that solution together into their devices. So I thought, well, why don't we just turn this on its head? Why don't we get the technology to do the heavy lifting? And Thankfully, with, uh, with, the, with the wonderful um, opportunities uh, that emanate from open banking, then um, we, we came up with something where we could actually do exactly that. So uh, if you are a non-tech savvy person with digital accessibility challenges, then um, you will be able to, um, to manage your finances uh, uh, using our solution. It's not yet launched. Um, I hasten to add before people try and go race and find it, um, but we're, we're, we're building that at the moment. Um, and um, we we want to um, change for the better um, people's lives who, uh, who otherwise would be penalised. So this is very much a social impact uh, project 
uh, and it comes under the banner that I call fintech for good. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say you're you're maximizing social impact through that uh, you know positive, inclusive disruption. Um, so I'm keen to just explore a little bit more as to what you were describing here. Um, you know, the fintech space is is quite large. Uh, where does your solution fit into that ecosystem? So just in practice or in, in practical terms, um, just share with us um, uh, for anyone who is listening as to where the solution really makes a big impact or where it actually fits into that ecosystem. Is it, you know, from a, you know, so we've got banks, we've got their Know, banking applications do you plug into that or is it standalone tell us a little bit more well um anybody who's uh ex had experience of dealing with banks will understand that things never go particularly quickly uh with banks they're, they're generally speaking risk averse uh, and they take their time um so um initially this is going to be um, a, a direct to consumer uh, uh solution um, so that we can try and get as many people on board as possible um, and, and learn those valuable uh, lessons we can uh, continue to, um, uh, to include in our, in our development um, so that we, we're in, we want to improve the product all the time. But, um, but very much so, uh, we see this as being um, a B2B2C opportunity as well. So therefore, we will, uh, on our roadmap, um, then we will be developing uh, both white label solutions and um, you know SDK uh, uh, solutions so that these can be integrated into existing banking apps because you know um, certainly in the UK the likelihood of somebody looking to change banks um, is is pretty low um, even though the government tried to make that a lot easier a few years back um, so there's this latency to, to sort of stay where you are um, and you know we are just to make it very clear we are not a bank um, but we will facilitate uh, people and enabling them to uh, to access their existing banking accounts so that if you have accounts with say multiple banks and theoretically you'd have to have multiple apps to uh, uh, to, to manage these accounts then with us um, you you won't get different experiences per account you'll get the same experience because you're on the same platform yeah. so beyond um beyond banking then what we'll actually be developing is accessibility as a service and so um our sort of uh big vi big vision is that we we want to be able to apply this to any uh any market and any sector amazing David, you're 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 a business leader and entrepreneur in your own right, um, and you've you know you've you've had businesses previously. You've exited. You you're running a business at the moment. Share with us your experiences or a story uh, that comes to your that comes to your mind as to the running of a business and the challenges that you you're facing. Um, internally, but also from you know an external perspective, uh, break it down for us. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, a few years ago, uh, with one of my businesses, uh, we'd just taken on some 
uh, some funding, the VC funding. And uh, in fact, this was in 2007. And then uh, things were going well, where business was growing you know, within uh, expectations. And uh, our, our model at the time was that we, we were, um, our strategy was that we were B2B to C. So it was going to be used by consumers, but uh, we were going to get mass adoption um, by partnering with organizations that had large customer bases. Uh, but when the financial crash happened in 2008, and obviously that, that, the impacts of that lasted for several years, many of the businesses that we were targeting uh, were far too concerned about trying to you know, manage their own businesses. They weren't thinking about, about third-party partnerships. So uh, we, uh, we, we had to come to um, quite a big uh, strategic pivot um, and decide, right, okay, well, look, the only way for us to reach our, our target end user is to go direct. And so um, we, we then had to kind of unpick a little bit of what we, we were doing um, and make it uh, focused on um, direct to consumer. So that was a really difficult time because, um, you know, whilst, whilst it was taking time to, to start from scratch, as it were, uh, to build up these, uh, these customer channels, um, you know, as a young business, we're burning cash. Um, and so uh, in, the, in the midst of all the other challenges that you face in, within a global crash, then it was, you know, very, very, very testing times. But I'm pleased to say that, um, we, you know, we managed to get through it. Um, and ultimately, the business became uh, very profitable. Um, we had customers in over 100 countries. Uh, and, and yes, the, the business was eventually sold to a tier one mobile operator. Amazing. Amazing. That must, uh, must have felt really high achieving of a sensation when, when, when that occurred. Well, yeah, you know, especially when through those difficult times, you know, you have to make, um, difficult decisions. Uh, and, um, at, at one point, you know, um, uh, I, I had to forego salary for a year, uh, which was, you know, not nice. It's never nice, but you know, um, it was necessary to to um, uh, to, to get through to to the other side. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm pleased as well to say that um, because it was a very difficult situation for uh, for the business, um, I was able to get uh, our team to uh, to to sort of step up to the plate and and. Um, each one of them agreed to to take a 25% uh, cut in in salary um, for a period of time, um, and I and I said, look, you know, I'm I'm bowled over and blown away by by that. Thank you so much for that commitment, and I commit to you that when we do get through the other side, uh, I will repay everything that you um, that you have deferred. Yeah, and that's what happened. Yeah. Well, you're a progressive-minded leader, is what I'm hearing, and how you're actually navigating through some of these challenges. And speaking of which, you know, we are, you know, in this economic situation where we have some economic shocks and downturns, and you know, some industries are thriving, some industries are not. Uh, we've also come out of pandemic; we're still in it, uh, or a version yeah. of it. Uh, what are you seeing? What's your experience uh, of, of of the business world as a result of all of this, um, and how does that impact the work that you're trying to push from your business? 
Well, I, I'm definitely seeing um, both on a personal level uh, in terms of you know my own um, contacts and, uh, and friends, um, as well as um, nationally, that you know it, it's really the people who are suffering the pain are obviously those who are um, um, who are sort of let's say the the more kind of lower salaried people um, and. That businesses are are trying to survive with with these unbelievable um, uh, with this unbelievable disruption of cost base um, by you know putting prices up. So it, it kind of like being a, being a, a trained as an economist, I, I understand that you know the, the 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 impact of one thing in one area then has an impact on another area and so on and so forth. Uh, and then ultimately, if it's if it's not kept in control, then you get this crazy uh, upward spiral of inflation. Um, so, but I think on the positive side, and this is really on the back of the uh, back of the pandemic experience, um, there is a a, a much uh, greater momentum towards diversity and inclusion, um, and and trying to look out for and be more caring, I guess. Um, uh, for those who are you know, less fortunate and society, and uh, in a sense that that sort of uh, nicely uh, leads back to to what we're trying to do with bankability um, to, um, to to make it easier for people to um, you know, to maintain um, their uh, their finances, um, and also you know we we would like to help those who perhaps do not currently have a um, financial footprint um, and um, and with with open banking then there are uh, ways and means for us to be able to to put things together to facilitate their entry into that um, because you know ultimately um, it, it's easier to exist in society if you do have a financial footprint yeah there, there is a greater good here isn't there David mm. With the, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, bankability. We we intend to run as a as a B corp, mm -hmm. um, and we are pledging ten percent of all future profits to be uh, distributed uh, amongst our charity partners um, for uh, forever. So, um, yes, it is um, uh, profit with purpose. I would say is is a way to describe it. Yeah. And when you look at 2023, um, you know, I look at 12 months as a as near term. So, David, your vision for that near term, let's say 12 months, what does that look like at the end of that 12 months for bankability? Yeah. Um, we will be launched. That's that will be the biggest uh, uh, milestone for, for us in 2023. Um, and we will be having our, our first signups um, uh, doing live transactions, um, bringing their accounts, uh, accessing it via the platform um, and, um, and, and working with uh, wonderful organizations um, in partnership um, to, to help us bring, the, um, bring this accessibility and inclusion to as many people as possible. Yeah, excellent. David, I'm keen to hear about... Um you as a leader and you know you, you know you've 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 navigated through several sectors you know companies of different sizes you know you're, you're leading teams what's one thing that's your secret formula to your success 
Um, I think probably a couple of things actually. Uh, one is that um, I can I can get through to anybody that I want to get through to, um, and and that's quite a uh, that's quite a, quite a skill really. Um, but it's it's sort of natural, and, and if if you can't knock on the front door and and somebody comes to the door and says, "Yeah, hi, come in," then you know it's about working out a strategy of how to get to that person uh, some other in some other way. Um, but um, uh, I think the, the the other thing about me is, and it's just a natural thing, part of my DNA, is that um, I I'm able to look at something and really pretty quickly decide, okay, right, um, is this scalable? Uh, is it disruptive? And will it be fun? Uh, and if we can do all of those three things, then really the money side of things will kind of like naturally follow. Yeah. Um, if you go chasing the money as your primary objective, um, then, you know, I think you, you're probably setting yourself up for a bit of a fall. Um, but but for those other things, get get all those right, and, and as I said, don't forget the fun bit because running your own business, creating something from a blank sheet of paper, is never easy. Doesn't matter what anybody says, it's never easy. Yeah, it's a mindset m mindset shift or a, mm. a a topic of mindset as well. So I, I completely yeah. com completely in alignment with you, uh, David. What 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 does a day in the life of David look like? Morning to, <laughs> morning to evening or monday to monday to monday to friday or monday to sunday <laughs> <laughs> well um it kind of looks uh before before lockdown um i was i was based in london and uh i was doing the usual sort of uh you know daily daily grind uh approach to working in office leaving home early getting to the office early do you know eight ten hours whatever um and then go home grab something to eat go to sleep repeat um <laughs> and then at the weekends i would i would come back up to my my family home in north yorkshire um but obviously lockdown changed that and uh so now what happens is that actually we don't really need to be doing all of that all of the time so uh i'm able i, I i'm fortunate enough to um uh to to you know, have a bit, little bit of land. So um, we have some animals, we have some chickens, and we have some ducks and some geese. Um, so part of my daily routine is looking after those guys early on in the morning, um, getting them fed and watered, um, and then putting them away at night. And then in between times, trying to um, uh, trying to start a fintech for good open banking platform. Amazing! I love the way you you balance. <laughs> <laughs> that's very that's very important these days <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. yeah david we're coming to a close very shortly um share with us any closing messages or a challenge to other leaders or anybody in your ecosystem or boards business organizations industries um that you'd like to share here yeah um so the topic of um uh uh, the topic of diversity and inclusion and equality, you know, it's it's on a lot of people's agendas at the moment, uh, and that's a good thing. However, what I would um, strongly uh, suggest and, and really set this down as a challenge is that this is not just because it might be kind of, you know, fashionable in inverted commas uh, or flavor of the month. This is not 
simply a tick box exercise. Um, in order for this to really, really work for the benefit of, of um, the business, any business, then, you know, if you have a more motivated um, uh, set of uh, em employees, team members, then it has to be, has to start at the top. You know, it needs to be part of the culture of the business. And it, and it doesn't just happen overnight. You can't just, you know, send out an email with a the link to a video and uh, say, there you go, guys, we're all D, D and I now. Um, it really has to be uh, demonstrated and repeated and um, put into processes. Um, and it's not just one person's responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility. Um, but so a lot of businesses um, are looking at that from the from the HR perspective. Mm. Really, um, it, it's it's inclusion is all about everybody. So that also means the customers. You know, is your website accessible? Um, do you you know you might might not be a digital business. You might be some other kind of business. But are you accessible to the twenty percent of uh, your potential audience? Find accessibility a challenge for whatever reason, because, you know, if only for commercial reasons, your business will improve if you make it more accessible. Yeah. So that's my challenge to uh, to business leaders out there. There you go. Challenge from David on accessibility and diversity, all topics close to my heart. David, thank you very much for sharing your insights and making the time. You're doing you're doing great. <laughs> we hope so. Um, we'll speak in a, in a year's time and see how far we get. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, David. Okay. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, thanks for listening in. Tune in to our next episode on a leader who is specializing in business value engineering. Stay tuned until next time. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, 
and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.